Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. Open your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 6 and, uh, and we're going we're gonna to jump into something and uh, I need you to... I need you to lean in a little bit. Can you do that? The good thing about having an Australian accent preaching to Americans is you have to lean in to understand what I'm saying. So I need you to lean in just a little bit further because we're going to start something today and then we're going to go somewhere in the next few weeks. And so we're going to jump into back into this story um, that we've been looking at in 2 Kings. If you're just joining with us, um, today, we've been discussing the importance of or the power of perspective. Uh, perspective is so important because perspective is not what I see, it's the way that I see it. And especially in times that are difficult and times that are challenging and times that are somewhat divided and divisive, it's really important for the people of God to have a perspective from heaven. That maybe it's not what you're facing that is beating you, but what you see when you face it. So if we can shift or if we can elevate our perspective, we see beyond our problem and we see that God is still with us. Right in the middle of, of me doing that little series on perspective, I picked up Luca uh, last week from school. And if you don't know, my son is three. And I picked him up from school and he got in the car and he goes to a Christian school and so he gets in the car and, and I said to him, I said, Luca, what did you do today? He said, we read a story. I said, what was the story? And so he, he started to tell me the story that they read. And as he, as he proceeded to tell me the story through the, what he was saying and how he was saying it, I was able to piece together that he was telling me the story, the Bible story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So he's telling me the story, you know, through a three-year-old's mind. And he said, and all of the people got down on their knees. He didn't say knees. He said, on this part, Dad, on this part. And then he said, but then there were men that said no. And I said, and they didn't bow down. He said, no. And I said, and what happened to them, Luca? And he looked at me wide-eyed and he said, they got thrown into the fire. And I got all excited because I know what happens next, right? I know the truth of the story. So I got all excited, you know, train up a child in the ways of the Lord so they shall not depart, you know, and, and, and I'm a pastor and he's a pastor's kid. So I'm so excited about what he's gonna tell me next, that this little three-year-old mind is gonna get this revelation of the power of God to, to take you out of difficult circumstances. And it doesn't matter how bad it gets, that God's with you. And so I said to him, I said, Luca, I said, what happens next? They got thrown into the fire. I said, what happens next? He looked at me and he said, they all got burned and they all died. <laughs> and I said, oh, I was devastated. I said, but I said, bro, Luca, no, no. I said, didn't Jesus help them? He said, no, they all died. <laughs> but what was so concerning was he was so pleased with that result Nope, nope, they all died. And then he just sort of went about what he was doing. It was so funny to me that his three-year-old perspective saw defeat, even though the truth was there was victory. 
And there's a little, it's a little analogy of how important perspective is for us. And so we've been discussing that and going through that. And I want to jump back into this story because something happens in this story that we've been looking at that, that, that sort of caused me in, in my heart, if you like, or my heart to pivot. Shut up. To, to, to pivot from, I saw the story shift. And to fast, tra- to, to, to fast forward for sake of time, the story is in 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha and his servant are facing a battle. And they're facing this battle. And the servant comes out and the servant sees the battle in front of him. And Elisha prays a prayer over his servant that his eyes would be opened. Not his natural eyes, the eyes of his spirit. And so the Bible says that his eyes were opened in the spirit and the servants saw beyond the battle they were facing and he saw that they were surrounded by what was a, a, a spirit. He was spiritually enlightened, if you like, to see that God was with them and that there was beyond the battle, there was an army of God that was surrounding them. Remember, we, we talked about this and we talked about the, the question that we asked God, where are you? And we talked about how we find God in the middle of the battle. But then what happens in this story is, is really interesting to me. Because the next thing that happens is, as you look at this story and you look at the battle and so we establish, okay, God is here. So no matter what I face, I don't face it alone because God is here, because God is with me. Say, He's with me. And so when we come to that understanding that God is with me, let's look at what happens next. Verse 18, if they can throw it up on the screen. The next thing that says, and this is where it threw me. It said that the Syrian army started to come toward them. Hang on a sec. Didn't we just learn that God is with me? So why is the battle that I'm facing, if God is with me, why is the battle getting worse? Let me bring it down to maybe where you're at right now. If I'm, if God, if I'm praying, why is nothing happening? If I'm going to church, why are things not changing? Because let me, like, I'm going to come right down to where you are. Let me, let me put this to you. If God is with me, right, let's be real honest. We've all asked this at times. Maybe you're asking it right now. If God is with me, when is He going to start doing things for me? I know it doesn't sound very, it sounds like you shouldn't say that in church, but we wonder it. We don't like saying it on Monday, but we're going to wonder it on Monday. Because what's so interesting in this story that I want you to see, that the moment he gets this revelation and this realisation that God was there, that there was, the Bible says there was horses, there was chariots of fire surrounding the battle. But if you read the rest of the story, there is no more mention of the chariots and the horses. If you follow this story, and and you can look at it later on and I'm gonna pull bits out of it. But if you follow the rest of the story, that's all the horses and chariots do. They just stand there. They don't intervene. I don't know about you, but for me, I want God to do some stuff. I want, I want, I'll say it for you because you don't want to say it because then your neighbour will know how unspiritual you are. But you want God to do some things. What, God, if you're going to show up in my life and you're going to remind me supernaturally that you're there, but you're not going to do anything for me, then let's ask this, what's the point? 
It's, it is, it's true, isn't it? I want to get right down to the root of your frustration because I think it's important in order for us as the people of God to be the answer to a lost and dying world. Well, there's some certain things that we've got to be secure on and we're not going to be secure if there's cracks of questions in our foundation. So let's get right down to the frustration in your foundation and let's build something solid, strong so you can walk out of here knowing who He is. So let's look at what happens in the story. You look at the story in verse 18 and it says, so the Syrian army came down to them and so the battle, essentially the battle got worse. Then it says this, it says, Elisha then prayed. And if you read, follow the story, what happens is in the story, Elisha prayed and he said, God, I want you to blind these men. Cause, these, cause this battle to be blind. Cause these men in front of me to be blind. And then the Bible goes on and it says, and then Elisha, he went up to the men. God didn't do it, Elisha did it. Elisha went up to the men and he told the men, this is, not, this is not the battle you want. This is not, let me take you where you wanna go. So he led the men who were blind, the battle, the fighting men, the warriors that came against him are now blinded. Elisha now walks up to them and starts to speak to them. And then now Elisha, Elisha now leads these men to Samaria where the king is. Elisha did. God didn't do it. I know, I, know it, I know it sounds unspiritual to say it, but the reality of the story is that God didn't do it. God was there, but Elisha did it. So Elisha led them to, to, the, to the king of Samaria and the king of Samaria is like, bro, I mean, these are the guys I've been, they're, they're after, they're, they've been hunting me down. And then the king of Samaria says to Elisha, should I kill them? Like, should I smoke these jokers? Let's get this thing done. And Elisha says to the king, don't kill them, be kind. So Elisha is telling the king, I want you to see something. I want you to, I want you to pick up on this little theme that's now running through this story is that everything that's happening in this story is being led by Elisha. So what this is, I think, saying to us is the victory then happened in the story, came about in the story, not because God stepped in, but it was because Elisha stepped up. It wasn't because God stepped in. We want God to step in. I want God to do it. Come on, God, horses, chariots, fire, do your thing, bro. Let's, let's get this battle done. All the time we're waiting on God, God's waiting on us. That it's not something that God wants to do for you. It's actually something God wants to do through you. So, so that caused me to look at this story and ask the Lord and ask the Lord, God, what are you trying to speak to the people of God right now? And this is what I wanna start to talk on. I wanna start to talk and this is my little sermon title. Because I saw something here and I was able to recognise that Elisha, where, where was the victory found? It was when Elisha stepped into his purpose. When Elisha started to do what God had called him to do, the victory came about. So that's what I want, that's what we're gonna start to unwrap a little bit. But when we talk about purpose, purpose is such a like, it's such a broad thing in church. 
You know what I mean? We love talking about purpose. You're purposing God. I'm just trying to find my purpose. You know what I mean? And we're all sort of just wandering around trying to find our purpose. We don't really know what it is. We're sort of thinking of it's, it's sort of vision. It's sort of calling. It's sort of, is it occupation? Does it mean a spouse? Does it mean, I just want to sort of work out. So it's sort of broad. So this is my sermon title for us to get us started today. It's just simply this. What's the point? What's the point of purpose? What's the point of purpose? And this, I think right now, is so important that the people of God understand the purpose of God for our lives. Because if I don't know my purpose and what's the point of my purpose, I can get distracted very easily. And so that's what I'm gonna talk to you about. I'm gonna talk to you real quickly and set it up for you. And then in the next few weeks, we're gonna go somewhere in in a few weeks and you're gonna, through the Word of God, you are gonna see, I'm gonna reveal to you through God's Word what your purpose is, that you would step into it in its fullest form. What's the point of purpose? So I want you to jump real quickly as we look at this because we established now Elisha. Elisha stepped into his purpose. So there's something upon me that God wants me to do, that God is not just sitting back. It's not just about us sitting back saying, God, we want you to do it. God, I'm just going to church and, and I'm just gonna pray and then you do it. All the time we're saying that, God's saying, no, you you step out and I'll follow. It's not, it's not us waiting and just praying It's us understanding that there is a God-ordained mandate and purpose upon our lives as the people of God that we have to step in that will usher in the move of God. So you have a purpose. In Genesis chapter 12, I want us to go back right to the start. I wanna go back right to the start because Genesis chapter 12 and verse one, and you can write it down and look look at it later or punch it into your phone. And look at it later. Because really what we see is this is, this is these, these Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, is you could summarize it and, and, and theologians summarize it as this is, this is the promise and the purpose for the Jewish people. And, and this is where it all sort of started. And so it says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Say, show you. This word show, it means to perceive. So you see where God was setting us up to start to look at purpose by first taking us through an understanding of perspective. Because my perspective sets me up to step into or to walk in the fullness of my purpose. That's why it's so important that I have a heavenly perspective of my life because if you have an earthly perspective, you will not be able to grasp the fullness of your God-given purpose because a God-given purpose cannot be seen simply through an earthly perspective. That's why we have to shift our perspective to broaden our perspective to get a bigger view of why I'm here and what I'm called to do for me to be really able to grasp the fullness of my purpose. My perspective sets me up for my purpose. 
That's why God said to Abram, He said, bro, I've got to get you out of here because I have to show you something. I've got, I got to show you something. When I was looking at this, I, I want to grab each and every one of you and take you where you are and put you somewhere different and ask you to look around with eyes open to see in the Spirit that God has called you to something greater than what you are in right now. There is a God-ordained purpose upon your life, but you will not be able to see it or grasp it if you have a wrong perspective. So he says, I'm going to show you something. He says, Abram, I'm going to show you something. He says, I will make your name great. Look at this. I will bless you. We love talking about that in church, don't we? It's bigger than that. It's not just checks in the mail. It's not just nice cars. It's not just big houses. The blessing of God, it could be summarised as your purpose. We go, you got to understand, it's not, the blessing of God is not just a little, a little ad, a little side note, a little, a little, a little tail on the end to just, to just cap off a nice walk with God. No, 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 this is our purpose. This was God speaking to the Jewish people and we have to understand, Paul said that we are Gentiles, unless you're Jewish here and if you are, we love you and so glad to have you. But most of us right here, we are not, we are Gentiles, but Paul said that we are grafted in by the blood of Jesus Christ. Which means you can read these verses that are written to Abram and receive them for yourself. You can, you can. If you don't want it, you don't want it when you just get entertained for the next 15 minutes and leave different. But you only receive what you're prepared to believe. So if you want to believe this, you can receive this for your life and walk out with somewhat of a God purpose in your spirit. If you want, if you want. I'm not forcing you. I'm not bending your arm. I'm glad you're here if you don't want to be here. But listen, I want to tell you, if you lean in and you believe it, you'll receive it. It's a promise. So he says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to put, this is what he's saying in these words. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to put a purpose. I'm going to put a purpose on you. I want to put a purpose on you. On you. I'm going to, little bit by little bit, in the next four quick points, I want to break down this idea of what's the point of purpose. It's not just a calling. It's not just something I find. It's something that I receive if I believe. Say it's on me. It's, I did not believe you just then. I know you were in a mask, but make me hear it. Say it's on me. There is, listen to me. There's a purpose given by God that has been put on your life. That that because I want to dispel this idea that I need to find it. You think the God in heaven who loves you is hiding your purpose from you? You got a purpose on your life. In fact, it was on your life before you were even born. That's why abortion is an abomination. That's why we've got to start making decisions that will finish this eradication and the murder of 61 million babies because we have to understand that there is a purpose. There is a purpose. There's a purpose is on me. But you know what I love about God? You know what I love about God? That I can say something like that and people can clap. 
But you know what I love about God and I love about the grace of God? And this is where He's so good that there are women here. I know there are women here that have had abortions and at the same time, people are clapping. I don't want you to feel guilt or condemnation. I want you to feel the love and the grace of your Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, that says if you repent, you're forgiven and you don't have to feel guilt or shame. You can feel the healing power of Jesus but there's a purpose. So he says to him, the purpose of God is on me. The second thing he goes in and he says here, I'll make your name great and you shall be a blessing. You shall, you shall be it. You shall be it. So it's on me. It's on me. Now he's saying, you shall be it. You shall be it. Now this thing is not just on me. This thing is in me. So there is a purpose within me. Say it's in me. Say it through your mask. Say it's in me. So there's a purpose on my life. There's a purpose in my life. Now, now this, this purpose, I want you to see the purpose of God, the plan of God for my life. It's not just about whether or what occupation I'm going to have. The purpose of God is upon my life. Now it's in my life. And the next thing he says, and I want you to see, it is actually something that is not just on me. It's not just in me, but it actually, it actually produces and it does things for me. Okay, because he says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to, this is your purpose. Abram, this is your purpose. This is the purpose that is on your people. And we as the people of God in 2020, as messed up as this year is, we can still get excited in knowing that God's got a purpose that no crazy COVID can eradicate off my life. It's on me. It's in me. He says, I'll bless you. And then he says, I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. So this is interesting. This actually shows you something deeper of the purposes of God for your life. It's not just on you. It's not just in you, but it'll actually do things for you. It'll protect you. It'll cover you. Because how many know if God has given you a purpose, you better know your God's gonna protect that purpose. Your life is bigger than just who you are and what you do. You've got to understand there is a purpose of God upon your life. And when you start to walk and operate in that purpose, you need to know that that purpose is protected. So it doesn't matter what comes against you. It doesn't matter how difficult things may get. It doesn't matter the attacks or the battles you may face. There is a purpose on your life that God will protect. That that purpose the purpose will start doing things for you. There's this story in Numbers chapter 22 and 23 and it's talking of the people of God and there was an evil king at the time. His name was King Balak. Say Balak. King Balak. And what he did was he didn't like the people. Further to that, he didn't like the purpose that was on the people of God. And so what, what King Balak did in, in Numbers chapter 22 and 23, he calls up this dude. Well, they didn't call because they didn't have phones, but it's my story. He calls up this dude and uh, this prophet. There was somewhat of an evil prophet, but he called up this prophet called Balaam. And he says, bro, you need to get down here because I'm trying to do some stuff, 
but there is some people here. I'm summarising, I'm paraphrasing it. But I'm trying to do some things. I'm trying to establish some stuff. An evil king was trying to do some stuff, but he couldn't do it because there's some people here that have purpose on their life. This is what, this is what, you read the story later, Numbers 22 and 23. So he says, bro, he says, I can't. In fact, he was intimidated by the purpose that was on them. This better make you feel good if you feel like you're facing a battle because you've got to be reminded the enemy only comes against those things that are of greatest threat to him. So if you're facing something difficult right now, it could be that God's not coming, the enemy's not coming against the, perfect, the person you are, but he's coming against the purpose that you have. So if you're facing a big battle, then maybe there's a big purpose on your life. So, so Balak gets on the phone, he's like, bro, get down here. You got, you got to get down here. So Balaam gets his donkey and jumps on his donkey. Dude starts riding down there. The donkey got some sense though in the story. If you read the story, God shows up because God, see, see what happened before, before Balaam even got there, the purpose of God that was upon God's people started fighting for them. If you read the story, the donkeys, they're, they're chugging down the road and he's riding this little, little, little donkey and, and an angel of the Lord shows up in front of the donkey and Balaam doesn't see it, but the donkey sees it. The donkey sees, sees the angel of the Lord and the angel of the Lord speaks to the donkey. Get this, it gets better. You need to read your Bible. He speaks to the donkey and then the donkey, I promise you this happens, the donkey starts speaking to Balaam. Let me tell you something. If you're going somewhere and you're riding on a donkey and the donkey turns and talks to you and says, don't go there. That's when you turn around, bro. That take the hint, man. Talking donkeys, dear Lord. What do you need, brother? Get off that stinking thing and get the heck out of there. You would think, you would think Balaam would do it. Not this joker. Balaam, Balaam gets in a fight with the talking donkey. Smacks out, I'm not lying. Numbers 22 and 23. Smacks out a donkey. I mean, bro, you got some issues. When you're punching on with a donkey, something's not adding up, bro. I want you to see that before Balaam even got to the people of God that had a purpose on their life, the purpose was already starting to fight for them. The purpose of God was already pushing, pushing against the attack through the, through the angelic visitation that, that was that was presented before Balaam and his donkey. And then the story goes on for sake of time. We'll jump straight to it where, where Balaam, with his donkey and he stands up and he gets positioned and he says to Balak, get me on a high place so I can see what's going on here. He gets on a high place and he looks out, the Bible says, and he sees the people. And essentially this is what, what he says. He says, I, I can't, my hands are tied because the purpose of God upon their life is greater than the curse that you want me to bring. That's, 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 that's essentially the story to summarise. You've got to know what was, you've got to know what's the point of purpose. It's not just about your occupation. It's, it's not just, that's a part of it, but it's not just that. 
It's, it's, not, it's not just about who you're going to marry. That's a part of it. It's not just that. You know what? You know what too many times I've done? I just had like a bug fly into my mouth. You know what we, we do too much? Is we reduce the purpose of God for our life as me just overcoming problems that I face. That's, that's where many Christians get stuck. And I know that because that's, what, that's where the Israelites got stuck. Remember the Israelites that come out of Egypt? And, and why did they? Let me, let me tell you a really easy way to get caught wandering in a wilderness and go nowhere is to reduce the purpose of God for your life as just overcoming problems you face. That's what happened. You look in Exodus. In Exodus, what happened? They went, it was problem to problem. Exodus 14, they faced the sea. God, can you open the sea? He opens the sea. Exodus 15, the water is bitter. They can't drink the water. God, can you make the bitter water sweet? Okay, God does it, makes a bit of water sea. Exodus 15, it goes on and on. Exodus 15 is, is Exodus 16, the bread. They need a bread from heaven. So what do you do? He brought bread down from heaven. Exodus 17, they need a water. We need water, God, we don't have water. Can you make water come from a rock? So he busts open a rock. And see what happens is it gives you an idea and an understanding and a great way to delay your God-given purpose that leads you into the promise is to reduce the purpose of your life to just overcoming problems that you face. You just keep going, we just keep going around in circles. Because there's always gonna be problems. And there's this church language that we use where we say, people say to me, I say, how are you? I'm living every day, just one miracle at a time. You have people say that to you? And we say it, listen to me, we say it like it's a good thing. It may be good for a moment, but that's not where you're called to stay. Because let me say, let me put this to you. If when do you need a miracle? When the enemy attacks. Okay? I don't need a miracle. I only need a miracle in my finances when I'm facing lack. I only need a miracle in my body when I'm facing sickness. I only need a miracle in my marriage where I'm facing an attack of the enemy in my marriage. So if you're living from miracle to miracle, Essentially, you're living from attack to attack. Do you see? So there is an, an elevated place that we can live our life in the purposes of God that will override any problems that I face. That, that I can tap into something through the Spirit of God that I'm not saying the problems are not gonna come, but I'm saying you can operate in a, in a level of God's supernatural purpose for your life that when the problems that come, you don't necessarily need a miracle. You just need to keep walking in your purpose and your purpose will always override your problem. I would rather, listen, I would rather... Rather than, what, what would you rather? Would you rather have God do a miracle in your finances or would you rather just live blessed? 
Would you rather have God heal you of your sickness or would you rather just walk in health? Do you understand? You see what's going on here? It's a strategy of the enemy to keep you from your promise. And it's just to keep us walking around in circles in the desert and not stepping into the fullness of our purpose and the fullness of our promise. We have to understand if you believe you receive, we have to understand the purpose of God and how great it is. The enemy can't come against your purpose. He didn't give it, so he can't take it. Yeah, let me tell you something. You, you didn't come up with your purpose. You're not that smart. I know you're gifted. I know you're educated. And I'm not attacking your credentials as a professional, but I do wanna challenge you to elevate the perspective of your purpose and see that your purpose is bigger than your occupation. So even if you lost your job, which many of you may have had happen during COVID, you better praise God that your purpose is not reduced to your occupation, that your purpose is something that God gave you. That if that if that if if God gave it to me, He's the only one that can take it. He's in me, He's on me, He's working for me. Last thing is, He says, through this blessing, He says to Abram, "Oh, you need to come to church next week." He didn't say that. I'm telling you that, but I'm thinking of where we're going. He says, "In you." All the families of the earth shall be blessed. So it's not just in me, it's not just on me, it's not just working for me, it's actually working through me. So that means that when I step into my purpose, my kids coming up behind me start to step into their purpose. That the purposes of God will start to flow through your life. That when you tap into what God has called you to do, you're gonna shift things. You can shift things over your family. This will mean something to you. If you come from a screwed up family, which many of us do, we can say, I'm gonna shift. I'm gonna shift the purpose of God over my family by me stepping into what God has called me to do. It's His purpose on your life. There is a strategy, I believe, right now of the enemy to cause the people of God to sit and do nothing. Too many Christians complaining. Well, we can't do church. Well, we can't do this. We can't do that. And I'm not getting into all of that stuff. I'm saying, listen, you've got to understand. I want to remind you, this whole thing got us by surprise. He didn't get God by surprise. That's why we didn't view it like that. Look at us. Look at this church right now. Because we recognise that there's a God-ordained mandate of purpose upon this church and no pandemic is gonna be able to stop it. We just pivot, do church a little different, come together, keep praising God and keep work, walking in the purpose and the fulfilment of the promise for our lives. You got to, listen, you've got to tap into 
your purpose. Ezekiel chapter 22, he said this. He said, I looked for a man who would build a wall and stand in the gap. I'm so glad he didn't say, I look for a prophet. I look for a preacher. You know what I saw when I read that? I looked for a plumber that would recognise that while he might be plumbing pipes from Monday to Saturday, there's a purpose on his life. I looked for a housewife. I looked for a stay-at-home dad. I looked for a stay-at-home mum. I looked for a teacher. I looked for a doctor. I looked for, I'm trying to tell you that it doesn't matter what you do or how limited you may feel due to your occupation or where God has you right now. There's a purpose on your life that you didn't get on your own. God gave you from heaven. And it's time for us as the people of God to start to operate in our purpose. David said, your Word is a lamp He didn't say your word is a lamp to my seat. Because you're not called to stay where you are. He said your word is a lamp to my, what did he say? And a light to my, a lamp to my what? And a light to my feet and path. You know what it says? That says you're going somewhere. I feel better about that than you do. You better yell at me through your little P95 mask and let me know that you'll believe in what I'm saying so you can receive it and walk in your purpose. You know what? Listen, listen. You know what we're going to do next week? You know what we're going to do next week? We're going to start week by week. What's the point of purpose? We just, this is a setup. It's a setup. Week by week, we're going to walk into our purpose. Something, listen, I want to tell you something because I feel, and I don't say this often, I felt like God gave me a little prophetic little picture. You want me to tell you what it is? How many know I'm going to anyway? In my office, I was praying and I had a picture of us as a church. Remember on the movies? When, when, when they're trying to break into one of those big safes and they bring in an expert and, and the person, they, they get up close and they, they turn the dial real slow. You've seen them do that? And, and they just keep turning it slowly and they're waiting, just waiting. And they're waiting to hear a click, hear a click. And then, and then it just clicks. And then that safe opens. It was the picture that I had of us as a church. That's why I said at the start, I want you to lean in. Because we're going to lean in across the next few weeks. And we're just going to turn the dial a little bit. And then all of a sudden, while you're turning that dial, I believe it prophetically over your life. And I want to say it and you can believe it and receive it. Something is about to click. And it doesn't matter how reinforced the steel that the enemy's been trying to bring against you or how much he's been trying to lock you down or hold you back from your purpose. Something is about to click over your life and you're about to step into the fullness of God and the purpose of God in the middle of a pandemic. Listen, I am preaching so 
so good right now. I feel great about this sermon. I'm going to listen to it tomorrow. You are about to step into something for your life that all hell cannot stop. Tell someone it's about to click. It's about to click. It's about to click. Everything you feel like you've been pushing against is about to click over your life. Listen, He told me this. He told me, stand up, stand up. That'll help me close because I know you want to go. Listen, you know what He said to me else? Listen, there are people here, respectfully, you are, you are older than us. You're wiser than us. And there's people here that because of your age and years, when a young dude gets up and starts talking about purpose, you start feeling like, I mean, man, this is good. If It's great. I mean, this would have encouraged me 40 years ago, but I'm past my purpose. You know what God told me to tell you? He told me to remind you. I'm speaking to the young at hearts right now. Wave at me if you feel like you're a young at heart. Where the enemy, where the enemy tries to tell you that this young, crazy, screaming, tattooed Australian up there, you don't fit. But I wanna tell you something, and the Lord told me this, to remind them what I'm gonna do in the last days. Because Acts says, young men are gonna see visions, but old men, I'm not being disrespectful, I'm reading the Bible. Old men and older women are gonna dream dreams. So I wanna say to you something, listen, you're not done yet. If there's still a heart beating in your chest, there's still a purpose on your life. Lean in with me in the next few weeks. Put your ear to the dial. Something's gonna click. You might need to turn your hearing aid up a little bit to hear it, but God's gonna speak it to you and something's gonna drop in your spirit and you're gonna start to dream again. Why don't we give God praise right now? Because He was good enough. He was faithful in us to give us a purpose that is so much greater than who we are. Listen, it's time for the people of God to step into the purpose that they have. That's what this world needs. We need stay-at-home mums that know I've got a purpose. We need mayors of cities to know I've got a purpose. We need doctors, we need teachers, we need lawyers, we need electricians, we need plumbers all getting up every single day saying, I didn't put myself here, God put me here. And if God put me here, He put a purpose in my heart and I'm gonna see it. It's time. Something's about to click. We used to sing a song in Sunday school. I'm gonna finish. He said, uh, I may never, I oh, know I can't sing, shut up. March in the, did they sing that here? March in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot, all oh, kids, you shoot the artillery. I may never fly over land and sea. I feel this in my spirit. 
but I'm in the Lord's army. I'm in the Lord's army. I'm going to sing it over your life. I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly over land and sea, but I got a purpose on my life that not devil in hell can stop and hold back. And I'm going to be what God called me to be. And while the enemy's trying to stop me and hold back the church in the middle of a pandemic in 2020, I'm going to be what God called me to be. And something is about to click. Give God praise. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.